Welcome to the RC Plane Lab Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Today, we are going to tackle propellers. Yes. Exciting. It is exciting. The little spinny things on the front of the airplane. Yes, that make our airplanes move and stuff. <laughs> and stuff. And like stuff. what other stuff? Well, I guess just pretty much makes make them move. Make our airplanes move. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, though, I uh, have a couple things I want to talk about. So first off, reminders. We are now on Patreon. Uh, if you want more from us, uh, consider becoming a patron. Any money we get from our patrons will go back directly into helping us grow RC Plane Lab. Yep. None of the funds will be used to uh, buy us new toys or new airplanes or anything like that. So don't worry about that. It all is an investment into the RC Plane Lab. The future of the RC future. Plane Lab podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, also wanted to remind everybody that uh, Ron has launched the forums. Uh, so, we have launched the forums. Well, I mean, let's you be honest. more in you, spirit. You, <laughs> you still haven't been there. Not true. I, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't say that I have actually. Um, but I. I plan on it. Right. And uh, I encourage all of our listeners to get on there and start putting some some stuff on there, so we can have stuff to look at. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I haven't been on the forums. I. Uh, a lot of stuff on on my plate. Yeah. <laughs> bike rides or anything like that? <laughs> well, yeah, bike rides, <laughs> runs, uh, yeah, and work. I do a lot of that as well. It, it does happen. And that's it's too bad that gets in, in, in the way of us having that. fun with stuff, right? Yeah. Man, if but it wasn't for work. If it wasn't for work, we wouldn't probably be able to do this either. So, I mean, I guess I have to thank work for that, right? Well, I mean, I don't know if you have to thank them, but sure. so folks get on the get on the forums uh yeah tom will be there someday i will i promise i'll (laughs) post something maybe this next week oh maybe i said maybe maybe Maybe. yeah it's all right we don't want to don't want to hold you to it just in case i i put a vague enough uh (laughs) you know answer out there to be you know to give you some hope but also to give you some uh reality (laughs) So that you can get some hope, and then it will be crushed, right? So that there I, you yeah, go, right? Um, but yeah, so if you want to go over the, the I mean, forums, I don't really think anybody's going to be crushed if I don't go on the forums. I'm just saying. You're looking at the one who will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. it's cool if you don't support what we do here. <laughs> uh, All right. No, it's it's fine. Um, so other thing, the website. Uh, I do plan on adding a page for propellers. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff here. This is a big deal. This is a I, lot of information. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a website or a web page on the website that kind of goes over all of this. Um, that way, if you can't pick it up, like talking, if it's easier for you to read things or something, go on over there and just look at the propellers page. Mm-hmm. Hey, I hear we have a new supplier for shirts and such. 
We do. That's the other thing on the website. Um, so I, I did switch over who we're using, and okay. I'm kind of excited about it because they have a lot of uh, a lot of different items that were not available before. So we can get hats and shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies and onesies uh, if you have a baby. You know, maybe have a little RC Plane Lab onesie for your little baby. How An cool RC would that be? RC Pilot in training. Oh. You're welcome. So do I have to do that now too? Well, yeah. That's a good, I kind of like that though. Thank you. That, I like it. That might be up by the time this is out. I can't can't promise Here, anything. I'll make a deal with you. Okay. If you design an RC pilot in training uh, onesie or shirt for a toddler or whatever, I will go to the RC forums and post something. The RC plane lab forums or That's, just RC forums? I'm sorry, the RC, else? yes, our forums. I will go post something if you design a... A onesie with the. That's that's a great idea. So I'll spend four or five hours designing something, and then you. I'll spend about two minutes in the forums, the forums and post and something. Click, Hello. <laughs> exactly. I am Tom. Maybe I'll post a picture of something. That would be awesome. Uh boy. Yeah. So, so this is cool new stuff. Yeah. There, like I said, there's some some cool stuff on there. Uh, holidays are coming up. They make great presents. Uh, for yourself, for yourself because right? you know nobody else is going to buy it for you so yeah. treat yourself to one um 15 off everything store-wide until 10 14 so october 14th whatever day that is i don't remember uh but go over there now and get 15 off your entire i think order. that's a wednesday is it i think so could be yeah. <laughs> hold on let me check i'm pretty sure that's a wednesday October 14th is a Wednesday. Yes. Good job. I win. So you have until Wednesday, October 14th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard 15% Time. 15% off. 15% off yep. your entire order. That will probably nearly pay for the shipping. Actually, shipping's not bad. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. the other thing I like about this place better than the other ah, one. The shipping's okay. a lot cheaper. So I like it. Yeah. Head on over. Yep. So uh, last thing, if you don't mind, um, we like to hear from you guys and girls. Uh, we get emails, texts, and submissions on the on the contact us form on the website fairly often, uh, but we haven't had anybody call and actually leave us a voicemail at our I phone know, number. Right? What's up with that? I I don't know why anyone would not want to do that, um, but I'd like to change that. Uh, so please give us a call, leave us a voicemail with your question or comment, and uh, you know if we like it, we can use the audio right here <laughs> on the show. How cool would that be? You can hear your own voice I mean, on RC Plane Lab. Yeah. To to hear your own voice ask your question on the show, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people reach out after we answer their question and say, you know, thanks. I, I appreciated hearing my question answered on air. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I appreciate you guys reading it. Well, we don't have to read it. Yeah, you can. And we don't read very well. So if you don't <laughs> like the way we're, we're reading your stuff, if the inflection is wrong, if, if whatever. Or if we mispronounce your name. that's That could very well be it, too. Uh-huh. Um, we are so, bad at pronunciation. Yeah. So give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. The, the number, in case you were wondering, is area code 818-351-9846. And if you don't remember that, that's okay. Go over and listen to the very beginning or the end of the show. No, beginning. I don't remember if it's the end of the show. It's definitely at the beginning. It's at the beginning in our yeah. intro, so listen to it there and write it down and, and call us. Yeah, yeah. call and leave us a voicemail. And like I said, who better to read your question on the show than you? Or tell us a flying story. Or tell us a good flying story. Oh, or yeah, if you've got a good story. story, a good crash story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely... Put some of that on the on the show. It's a good idea. So do it. It's my yep. challenge. 818-351-9846. That's my challenge to you. Yeah. 
So, Ron, what is a prop? Uh, it's a spinny thing that goes along the front of the airplane and makes you go forward. Sometimes the back. Or the back. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, or the uh, middle. I mean, well, that's true. It could be there in the middle There are some also. airplanes that have the propeller in the middle of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give you the Google definition. Quote, a mechanical device for propelling a boat or aircraft consisting of a revolving shaft with two or more broad angled blades attached to it, end quote. But what does that actually mean? Well, it's a device that has a hub to which angled blades are attached and set to a pitch to form a helical spiral that, when rotated, screws its way through the air or water, as in a boat. But what does that mean? (laughs) Uh, So it's it's often compared to a, like a wood screw. Yeah. You know how like when you drive a wood screw into the wood, it sort of pulls itself into the wood because of the angled flutes or mm-hmm. or blades, if you will. Um, but kind of like that. That's what a prop does, sort of. <laughs> well, no, and then that's a good basic explanation of it. So, um, and that's actually why they're called air screws, which and Ron I, really, I am, really likes calling them that. I am team air screw. I mean, See, air screws are so much better. I think, than saying propeller, but I get made fun of a lot for but doing it. But on a it. boat, would you call it a water screw? Am I talking about a... <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, but am I talking about boats now? Well, no. no. But if you were... This is the RC Boat Lab podcast, so I don't really care about boats. Okay. I mean... You just offended every boat owner, airplane listener that we have. I did not. Ron, you no, just, I did not. I said, just said we are not that You pretty much podcast. just said boats are stupid. <laughs> That's pretty much what I just heard. Boats are awesome. <laughs> they're, it's awesome to know somebody that has a boat. I don't want one myself because yeah. there are too much that goes into it. You used to have a boat. Uh, yeah. Uh, you boats. got rid of the boat. So apparently well, you didn't like it that older, much. the kids got older and we didn't, uh, we didn't use it as much. But well, you could have asked us to go out I on called it a propeller on the boat. And just like on a boat, I call them propellers on an airplane. Fine. I am still going to say <laughs> in my mind. Team air screw. Team air screw. But I will not say that again because you will make fun of me. Every time. So it converts rotational power into... What converts rotational power? The propeller. The air screw? Yeah, that thing. Uh, It converts rotation into uh, linear thrust. What does that mean? Think of a propeller as a wing, right? It develops lift and it lifts the airplane forward. I know it's a crazy idea, but... If you look at the cross-section of a propeller, it actually is an airfoil shape. Yeah, I'm wrapping my mind around it, and that Mm -hmm. I can understand that. So if you spin that thing through the air, that's kind of the same thing as a wing moving through the air, developing lift. Like spinning your wings. So yeah, take your wing from horizontal, flip them vertical, and now you're developing lift in the horizontal plane. Or thrust. Or thrust, exactly. Nice. Yeah. So Bernoulli's principle, uh, I'm not going to get like heavily into that, but basically you move air through a Venturi, it speeds up, and what does it do as a byproduct of speeding up? It pushes? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, it decreases pressure. Oh. So areas of low pressure always want to go into areas of high pressure. Okay. So that's why our wings are shaped the way they are. So they have a longer surface on the top half of the wing than usually on the bottom half, unless we're talking symmetrical airfoils, which that's something else. 
Um, so that air has to start and finish at the same place. So to get to the same place, it has to move faster over the top of the wing because there's more area for it to move over than at the bottom. So because the air is moving faster on the top, it develops an area of low pressure on the top of the wing compared to an area of high pressure under the wing. And that high pressure is said to then push the wing up, and that's lift. So a propeller is essentially a wooden airfoil mm -hmm. um, that is, you know, instead of being set horizontal to the horizon or parallel to the horizon, it's kind of vertical to the perpendicular to, and as you spin it, it develops that lift or thrust in this case and moves the airplane in that forward motion. And so then that is the Bernoulli's principle? That's Bernoulli's principle. Because I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. So. That's a, that's a real thing. I'm <laughs> I'm not saying it's fake. I didn't I'm just make that up. I'm, I'm not that smart. Are you Bernoulli? No. I am not. I'm Tommy, and I'm I am not that smart. I can't make that up myself. So it's got to be a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I read it on the internet. <laughs> uh, but there, there's lots of other um, physics involved. Mm -hmm. uh, Newton's third law is another one. You know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So um, I think you could probably talk about that one because you've talked about it before. Yeah, so for every action, there is an equal and opposite <laughs> reaction. So, I mean, that about covers it. I mean, that, that's how thrust works. That's how yeah. propellers work. So by you know. pushing the air, like a wing, so mm -hmm. by pushing the air down as a result of its angle of attack relative to the to the wind coming at it, by pushing the air down, it then pushes the pushes wing back up. up and yep. that's where your lift is that's also developed. Also, yep. So there you go. Two physics lessons. <laughs> Right here on the RC Plane Lab podcast. You're welcome, folks. And I mean, those were in depth, and <laughs> you can pretty much write a dissertation on that because that was that was perfect. Yeah, and you can go ahead and add us to the references. I mean, we I'd say we're pretty credited. I but mean, put, accredited. to make it sound better, put doctor in front of it. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Ron, and, and Doctor Dr. Tom. Tom. Yeah. So anyway, that that's how I like to think of a propeller as a, it sort of lifts an airplane forward instead of up well that i mean that makes sense works but it kind of sounds dumb but you know <laughs> well, it also you. pulls it forward through the air it does i mean it does i see I, I think of lift as being you know in the vertical plane no, I, to i get it uh gravity and when i say so lift in, in that i'm using my air quotes it lifts basically you're just saying you're lift you're creating lift but in a forward direction not instead of an up direction <laughs> So if I were to like ask you to slide me that water, I would not say, "Hey, could you lift that to me, please?" And <laughs> well, mean I know, that but that's what I would do. I would lift it off the table and then move it over to you and then set it back down. See, an argument I cannot win. Exactly. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Um. So propellers are dangerous. They Tom. can be. Yep. Why don't you talk a little bit about the dangers of a propeller? Well, they spin at high RPM, and you definitely don't want to get your fingers in there when they're spinning. Or I have the scars to prove it. Anything in there, by the way. Well, not that's just true. Your not just fingers. Yeah. 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 You don't want to get like, say, a rag or a tool, which we did. A tie. I did recently. Broke one of our expensive wood you, propellers. Remember? And by the way, I cannot find that propeller anywhere. The broken one? Yeah. Off the Telemaster? No, I mean like I can't find that brand to replace it. It, oh, it yeah. is not made. It was a Bambula. 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 Yeah. Whatever it was. I love that propeller. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get it anymore. Did you try eBay? I tried everywhere. Really? Yeah. I That's found some in a different size, but that doesn't do us any good. Huh. I mean, no. it's, it's weird because, yeah, I mean, that it's just like gone. 
And that's a fairly, well, I would assume that that's a fairly common size because, you know, lots of 30cc, you know, airplanes out there. Yeah, and probably a few 20cc ones also like what that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a 20cc. <laughs> I had to tell you about a it's motor. It's been such a long time since we've messed with that that, uh, yeah, I forgot what size it was. That's on me. Yeah. So, yeah, propellers can be dangerous. Um probably ought to talk about as a bystander or as an observer where you should and should not stand uh, just kind of as a general uh, warning if you will yeah so if you're starting your plane on the ground or if you're running it up on the ground before you take off and there is a failure on that propeller what is going to happen like where is it going to go well the the shards or pieces of flying debris from that propeller are going to fly out in many different directions along the plane of rotation of that propeller. Not airplane, but like an actual right. plane yeah. of, yep. how do you explain that? Um, let's just assume everybody knows what we're talking about. Well, so like as a propeller is spinning, it it, it, it it's like a disc, right? Like no, as it's spinning, uh, yeah. it appears to be a disc. So if sure. you were to look at that disc edge on, that mm-hmm. is the plane of rotation. Correct. And you don't want to be standing anywhere in that plane of rotation. And even a little bit forward. Yeah. You don't want to go forward, too, because that's usually where the pieces are going to go. In addition to sideways, they're going to go forward because that's the direction they were trying to go. That's the direction they were pulling towards. Lifting towards, right. yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the best place to stand when you're able to is behind the airplane or behind the that plane of... Rotation. Spinning propeller of death. <laughs> um, while we're talking about warnings, probably ought to talk about uh, don't, if your propeller is damaged, uh, like if it has a nick or uh, a section missing or a split or a deep gouge in the case of like a plastic propeller, just just don't, don't risk it. Uh, just take it off, put a fresh one on, Propellers are relatively cheap compared yeah, to cheap an enough. ER bill. They're cheap enough <laughs> when you compare it to what can happen. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, make sure your propeller's in good condition. Don't stand in the plane of rotation. Um, anything else on the warnings? No, I, I think missed? that's, we'll cover some more stuff yeah. later, like starting it. And, yeah, let's get into the good stuff. And, and all that. But yeah, so that's a, a good, a good overview. Yeah. Uh, so propellers can be dangerous. They are probably the the most dangerous part of an airplane uh so be careful around them okay. yeah, i would agree they are the most dangerous part of an airplane all right so how are they ron how are propellers uh classified or labeled by size as in diameter and okay. also pitch so mm-hmm. let's okay. say you have a 10 by 6 propeller mm-hmm. that means your if you measure it you're going to have a 10 inch diameter mm-hmm. and then you're going to have the as the air screw turns in the air, <laughs> it's going to try and pull itself six inches forward for every one revolution. Yep. That's, so, uh, that's, that's exactly right. That's why it's called an air screw. Because it, uh, it, yeah, screws itself forward through the air, which is actually a fluid, believe it or not. Our air can be considered a fluid. So just like a boat prop or propeller or screw. Or water screw. Water screw. <laughs> um, yeah, for every uh, every rotation of a 10 by 6 prop, it would try to move itself forward six inches. Yeah, because we all know the whole fluid dynamic thing and air is a fluid. Yes. Well, we don't all know that, but let's just assume it for the sake of this episode. For those that don't, 
air is a fluid. <laughs> Dr. Remember Ron that. has spoken. <laughs> um, but it's theoretical, right? Because, because air is a fluid, um, propellers are subject to things like slip or flex or, or other factors that make a propeller um, not 100% efficient at screwing itself through the fluid of air. Um, so yeah. slip is obviously, you know, you move a propeller through the air, it's it's not going to get a 100% bite on the air. It's not a solid, so... Well, and then, yeah, unlike actual, like, liquids, um, they liquids don't compress. Air compresses. So yep. that's another thing that as you're actually trying to pull yourself through the air with that propeller, you're compressing the air behind it. So you're not actually getting that full one for one movement. Exactly. Um, so that's yep. another thing. Yep. And besides that, um, it doesn't matter whether that's theoretical or, or actual, it gives us a handy reference to compare other propellers to it. Yeah. So a 10 by five, say, you know, moves itself one inch further, or I'm sorry, one inch less than a 10 by six in one rotation. So it gives you a good frame of reference to compare one propeller to another. Yeah, just kind of letting you know what that angle is, you yeah. know, how the blade is set as opposed to how flat it is. Right. Yeah. And we'll caveat this, like not all propellers are measured in um, SAE or inch measurements. True. Sometimes, Some yeah, they're metric. metric. Yep. And Which like, is millimeter. Right. And like you were saying, uh, you looked at one of your props and it had SAE on uh, one side and the other side had it in metric. Yeah, I think it was an APC um, and it had it both, you know, however many millimeters it was by however many millimeters it was and then... 14 by 6 or something like that on the other end. Right. And I don't do millimeters, so I don't know. Well, one inch is 2.54 centimeters or 254 millimeters. millimeters. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not doing the math. math. I'm not, I, yeah. Well, let's say it was a 10-inch propeller then. So, so it'll be a 2,500. Yeah, it's, it's big. The number is <laughs> higher in millimeter than it is in inches. <laughs> That's sad. I couldn't even do base 10 on that and, well, and move that decimal yeah. point over once in my mind. Yep. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's how propellers are measured uh, by diameter and pitch. Uh, and sometimes you'll actually get a, a, a propeller hole or a diameter, a hole diameter measurement for the prop shaft. Not always, but sometimes. Oh, I've not um, seen that on the yeah, It used to be a standard of, I think, quarter inch used to be oh, okay. the standard. And they used to have that on there, but... Hasn't been that way for a long time. So so if you have anything from the 40s when Tom started flying, you might have some, <laughs> there's some another age joke. different nomenclature. <laughs> um, but most modern things today are just going to have that the, the two, possibly four numbers on it if it goes in yes, metrical. Because I'm pre-modern. <laughs> All right, so prop white. designations. What are those? What are those? Some of those letters mean, Ron? So there's a bunch of letters that you will find on props every now and then, also, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of goes after the ten by six, if that's what it is. So mm-hmm. it'll be like a ten by six E. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the E mean? E is going to be electric only. Oh. So okay. it's a thinner propeller that is made um, not as heavy duty. Mm-hmm. as a regular propeller is because you don't have to worry nearly as much about vibrations from the engine, like from a nitro engine, because, you know, Gasser. electric is so much cleaner and simpler and smoother and... Boring. But no. What about an F? Like F as in Foxtrot. What does uh, that mean? Folding blade. Oh, so okay. So have, like a glider that has the If you have a glider or something, oh, yeah, okay. that's one that'll fold back on you. Right on. Um, sometimes you'll see SF. What does that mean? 
that stands for slow flyer propeller. Oh, nice. Um, and so a slow pro or geez. Okay. That's why you asked me. That's it why is. you want to say, it because yep. I have not been able to say that all night. Tell me what a uh, slow fly. He has to say it slow. Folks, I do because, because I want to say slow. Well, for, <laughs> oh gosh, I keep wanting to say slow fryer. For Slow some fryer. reason, I think is what comes out, and I probably because it's easy it for right. you to say. Could be, and maybe I'm wanting some fried chicken or something because that really sounds good. Well, that right does now, sound good, doesn't it? it does. Uh, so tell us about the slow flyer. Pro- yeah, the SF prop, Tom. Tell us yeah, about it. Yeah, so they're designed obviously uh, to fly slow. Ah. Uh, so the shape of the propeller is is designed to be efficient at a much lower RPM. So the the actual shape of the blade is maybe not straight. It actually has kind of a curve to it. And it has a really, usually really, really, really fat tip or a fatter, wide tip than at the root. Yeah. Um, Designed to really get a a good uh, purchase on the air out there at the tip. And it's flying because it's turning slow RPMs. Yeah. And they're usually not, well, I mean, they're they're not, um, they're not going to have a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, The angle of attack. The the twist? Yeah, the angle of attack of the blade. The twist of the blade is not going to be as great as you would have on on regular propellers, too. Right. Um, Normally, like, the only ones I've ever seen have been electric. Mm -hmm. You know, for electric airplanes, Mm -hmm. obviously, because you have a a more wider range, like higher speeds that you can get with some of these other uh, electric motors than you can with uh, with gas or... Yeah, getting getting a little out of the scope of our, our episode also, rubber powered airplanes usually have that sort of same slow flyer shape to the to the props for the same reason let's move on so I that's the slow that. flyer yeah uh, what kind of prop was that so how what did you call it a slow fryer so that's a yes so ne- <laughs> but anyway go on sure let's talk about pusher props Oh, yeah. So those are designed for either reverse rotation or to be mounted sort of backwards on a rear facing motor or engine to be used as a pusher think of it if we're comparing them to screws think of it as the uh, reverse thread or left-handed thread. left-handed thread yeah it's the exact go. same kind of thing yep. same principle yep. what about a w w is for a wide blade oh when so would you use a wide blade when you want to get a little bit more bite out of the air yeah um it's going to be a normally it's going to be a slower type airplane mm-hmm. where you want more power I I normally go with uh, the wides on my four strokes. They turn less RPM, more torque, so I can get a you know they can usually like a bigger bite out handle, of the air. Yeah, handle swinging that heavier pitch. It, it's not really more pitch; it's just more blade getting a bite on the air, just like you said. Yeah, so you're taking a bigger bite out of the air, so you're able to move more air. Yep. Because you know, like we said, it's not a solid, so the more you can actually wave over that. Yeah, the more you can pull it towards you, yes. the better you're going to... Ron is motioning be. with his hand. Yeah, I know. Like Nobody can see it, but it just it looks weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, N as in November. As in narrow, N perhaps. as in narrow, yeah. Yeah. So why would you use a narrow one? For the opposite reason, you would use a wide one. Yeah. Uh, so if you got a, a an engine that uh, maybe you're flying a P-51 and you want to get a, a really long propeller on there to make it look a little more scale. Um, but a, a regular size, let's say 11.6 is too much propeller for it. So if you could find an 11.6 narrow, you've taken a little bit of that blade out of the airstream, taken a little bit of load off the engine so that the engine will turn that scale 
sized propeller at the correct RPM to, to give you the thrust you need. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's one reason, or maybe you've got a screamer of a 40 that, uh, you know, a 10.6 is good and a 10.7 is maybe too much. So maybe a 10.6 narrow kind of, or I'm sorry, a 10, you know, 10.7 narrow. Yeah. Maybe it fits the, the bill <laughs> right in between there and gets that, gets that thing right in its optimum RPM range. So is that kind of a way to think of it too then? So like a 10.6, like if, if we're labeling these in, in, uh, lowest to highest. So you'd have like a 10.6, mm -hmm. a 10.6 W. Okay. And then an 11, no, hold on. 10.6, 10.6 10.6 10.7 N, and then 10.7. Yeah. So if you're trying yep. to dial yep. in that propeller, that fine just tuning. perfect. Yep, exactly. That's what you would do. So I'm going to say that again, just make sure I got it yeah. right. Nope, you got it right. So start 10, with 6. like a 10.6 narrow. Start with 10.6 narrow. Yeah, start with like a 10.6, like in the in the same family of propellers, a 10.6 narrow, and then a 10.6, and a 10.6 wide. And then if a 10... Oh, okay, I got you. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm starting yep. back one step, I guess. Sure, and that makes more sense. So we're in the same family of size. Yep, okay, gotcha. Makes sense? Sure. So there you go. You can use those uh, the width of the blade to sort of fine-tune uh, where that engine uh, is running in the sweet spot. If, like me, you're into tinkering, which I am. Yeah, you don't have to do that as much with electric motors, which is why electrics I know, are awesome. I know, Ron, I know. Just saying. All right, so what uh, what did you find about RPM limitations? I know you said you were going to do a little research on that. Yeah, so according to APC's website, um, because there's not a lot of people that actually tell you RPM and stuff for these, it's good there's to keep it in There's surprisingly little information I out know. there, actually, on model propellers. Which you would think there'd be a lot. Yeah. Because, you know... This is kind of a thing that spins really fast in the front of your airplane, and you don't want it to get messed up. As far as airplanes are concerned, propellers are kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's kind of the thing that makes it, you know, a prop-driven aircraft. Right. I mean, can't say it any better than that. Not really. Um, so glow engine uh, RPM limits on them. So the way they, they don't actually tell you each size, they tell you an equation to do it. Which is very simple. Okay. So it's 190,000 RPMs divided by the diameter of the prop. Is it RPMs or RSPM? R's RPM. Just RPM. Because okay. the R stands for rotations. <laughs> did I say RPMs? Did well, I? I, I've, I'm guilty of it too. But like I've often so wondered. So I did though? I, you did. I'm sorry. Uh, but I've often wondered like. RPMs. Well, I guess. Like wow, I'm, okay. I, I didn't mean to. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too, but technically, wouldn't it be R's PM? Because it's revolutions per minute. Well, no, not... then it would just be R, because R is revolutions. If it was, yeah, you're you right. see what I'm saying? Yes, so, you're right. Yeah, so you're it's not... just, it should just be RPM, not RPMs, which I'm guilty of saying. 17, yeah. Revolutions per minutes. That's not yeah. accurate. No, that's not right at all. Right. Well, so if I said that, I'm sorry, I'm... Well, I'm guilty really of it taking too. us down. So, 190,000 no RPM. No doctor, by the way. Now I'm just yep. like a. Yep. I don't know what's under a doctor, but that's what and I am. The AMA has revoked your doctor's <laughs> license. <laughs> I got to try and get that back. See what I did there? The AMA. Yeah. Not the American Medical Association, but the Academy of Model Aeronautics has revoked your. Oh, doctor's I didn't even license. think of the first one you said. See? I went straight to the the oh. airplane thing. Oh. 
I was so proud not, of myself, I'm too. not an actual doctor, so I don't really do anything <laughs> with the AMA. <laughs> oh, boy. So, glow engines, by yes. the way. Yep. Propellers for glow engines. Uh, 190,000 RPM divided by the diameter of the propeller. In inches. In inches. Right. So, we'll do this very simply with a 10-inch propeller. I like because it. I don't want to do the math. <laughs> 190,000 divided by 10 is 19,000. 19,000 RPM. So 19,000 RPM is what a 10-inch propeller would be rated for uh, if it's a glow engine propeller. So glow engine propellers are going to be the, the, the heftiest of all of them. They're going to be the thickest plastic, the thickest whatever it's made out of. Right. Um, Designed to be durable. And that is because you have a lot of vibrations yeah. that come with uh, the gas or glow engines that you don't have with electric. Um, so because of that, they're built to handle it, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a lot thicker. Yep. Uh, that's why they can handle the the higher RPM. So if we go with like a, the thin electric prop, the E designation, instead of 190,000 RPM uh, divided by the prop diameter, it's 50,000 RPM. Um, so that really lowers the ability, I guess, to spin the propeller at yeah. a high RPM because not, of that. Yeah, not designed for terribly crazy rpm numbers and that is once again because because it's thin yep and they're designed to be light and efficient and uh because electric motors are weak they're designed to be they're not uh, weak though that's 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 absolutely not teasing well but tease with facts (laughs) (laughs) okay they're not weak no they're they're smooth they are very smooth yeah so anyway listen i don't i mean i own electrics it's i you know you're right I own nitro. I own gas. Yeah. I know. I yeah. just never fly them because they're a pain in the butt. What about those uh, those other props <laughs> that you like to pronounce? The slow flyer propellers. The slow fryers? Did I do it right? Yeah, you did. Yay. The slow... I mean, I, I see I'm trying to make it worse than do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 65,000. So, really? Uh, yeah. 65,000 RPM divided by prop diameter. My goodness. I could not imagine spinning a slow flyer prop that sort of... That's that's according to the website. So although I mean, really, sixty five thousand that'd be sixty five hundred on a ten by six prop. I guess because of the wide pitch of the blade, that's really not so unreasonable. Yeah, no, it it really isn't when you when you figure out what that actually means. Yeah. The actual numbers you're dealing with, like right. hundred ninety thousand, sounds ridiculous really until you huge. do the math, and it is ridiculous. But once you figure out what you're actually talking about, then it gets to be more in line with you know reality. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. So that's uh, that's right off APC's website. Yes. Right? So if you guys don't uh, believe me, go check it out. Uh, did you by any chance look at Master Air School's website? Did they do they have? A I website? didn't see anything on that huh. one. Yeah. Well, thank you, APC. Yeah. Thanks for letting us know for, what's going for on. Giving us something to talk about. Uh, so, did you want to talk about pitch? I would like to talk about pitch. Yeah, have at it. That's fine. <laughs> so, unique, uh, unique to airplanes, uh, the pitch changes. Um, along the blade, uh, and that's uh, it's, it's for a very specific reason. So as we turn these propellers, you know, we we spin them in a you know in a roundward direction. <laughs> roundward direction. Yeah. yeah, they go a roundward direction, right? So we spin them around, and <laughs> angular momentum is a is a um, it's a calculation, and so it's the same reason cars have differentials. So when you're making a turn in a car, for example, um, 
the inside tire on that turn has to go much less distance than the outside tire because it has the outside tire has to cover the same amount of ground given the speed at which it's going. Same thing on a propeller. The the propeller the portion of the propeller that's closest to the hub relative to the tip is moving slower through the air, right? So it doesn't <laughs> Yes, it is. So it so it requires more angle of attack at the root to develop the same amount of lift than the blade that is moving much faster through the air at the tip. So along the blade length, you'll see blade twist. So it'll be thicker or the angle of attack will be more at the root than at the tip. Like at the tip, a lot of propellers appear almost nearly flat. Very thin and very flat. Yeah. yeah. So that's unique uh, to airplanes. Uh, boats have a, have a very different um, arrangement of, of the way their blades are designed. Um, but airplanes are unique in the fact that they actually twist the blade uh, for that very reason. And what is the the reason behind that compared to a boat? Just because of the, you know, with a boat, you don't have nearly as much diameter. Is that why? Well, so boats, um, I'm not an expert on boats. I, why are we talking about boats I all like the time, to compare the them way. because boat, when you, when you turn a propeller on a boat, you're turning it in water, which is a much more... Dense. I don't want to say solid because it's dense. not a solid, but it's a much more solid fluid dense. than air. Dense, much more it's dense. dense. Yeah, sure. Then we'll go with it dense doesn't because compress you like to. Yeah, so it requires uh, more screwing action, like a wood screw. You know, a wood screw. You know, it's going into a a solid, mm -hmm. um, and water. If you want to think of it this way, water is kind of a halfway between a solid and an air kind of. So the, the shape of a boat propeller is shaped that way, more like a screw, like going into a wood, you know, like a wood screw. Um, airplanes, obviously, we're not dealing with water. We're dealing with air, which is, like you said, uh, something that can compress. Uh, so we need a different shape to handle that. And we need a shape that develops lift to move the airplane forward. Right. So bottom line, on, a, on an airplane propeller, we're looking for a, a balanced amount of lift along the length of the blade as we're spinning it through the air. And that's why it's twisted like that. So if you spin this in the air, and this is, all, you know, without variables, this is just perfect, let's say we're going through a solid. Mm -hmm. As you're doing that, you're not putting more stress on any part of that blade because none of that blade is actually taking a bigger bite out of the material it's moving through. So it's not trying to bend it. I mean, am I correct in looking at it that way? Yeah. Kind of? Yep. Yep. So we're not we're not introducing any undue stress along the length of the blade because the the load is the same from root to tip. Okay. Yep. I got it. That yep. makes sense. So and the, yeah, and the reason we do that is obviously for, you know, we don't want a, you know, propeller coming apart in flight. That would be bad. It's happened before, and you're yes. right. It's not fun. So we you know we talked before about ten by six, ten by five, ten by four, ten by seven. Mm -hmm. um, the four, five, six, and seven, where you're actually talking about different, uh, um, different bites going through the air. What, like, if you're, what's the reason for using like a more flatter type pitch as opposed to a, uh, a greater pitch? Okay, so there's there's a couple of rules, uh, not rules, but um, points to keep in mind um, when you're selecting your propeller. Uh, it depends on what you want the propeller to do for you. Uh, but basically, uh, for low speed flying, a flat or a flatter pitch is best, uh, kind of like a low gear in your car. 
Uh, and for high speed flying, a steeper pitch is, uh, is needed, uh, kind of like the high gear in your car. Um, the reason for that is a, a flatter prop um, will develop uh, a little bit more thrust at a lower RPM. So just like, you know, the, the lower gear in your car, like if you're trying to take off from a, a grass strip that has a lot of drag and you've got to overcome that drag to get airborne, you want to choose a lower gear. So you'll choose a prop, you know, within the same size now we're comparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll choose one with a little bit flatter pitch. Conversely, if you're flying off of like a, you know, an asphalt runway or some smooth runway where getting off the ground isn't the issue and you want to develop the maximum airspeed that your airframe will allow you, then you'll you'll go the other direction. You'll put, uh, choose something with a little more pitch. Okay. Kind of like a high gear in your car. And that makes sense. Um, so there's also a couple different types of propellers. Mm-hmm. There's, and we don't, the reason I wanted to bring this up is, is we don't see it often um, in airplanes, but you will deal with it more. Um, helicopters use them. And there have been a few people that I've seen that have used the uh, what's called a constant speed propeller. Mm-hmm. Um, so what those are is they actually have variable pitch on where they can change the angle of the blade. While it's running. While it's running, yep. yeah. So the engine or motor runs at a constant speed, hence the constant speed propeller. Um, So the way they change the amount of thrust instead of throttling it up and throttling it down is by varying the pitch uh, of the actual blades themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I've only seen this a couple times in 3D airplane or in uh, RC airplanes, like with certain smaller ones that have been flying. They're not very common. Not very Um, common. But it is something that's probably going to be coming, I would think, uh, more or becoming more and more common. Probably, yeah. Because, uh, and, and we'll talk about this here a little bit later, um, engines and motors are designed, um, m- maybe not designed, but they operate within a, you know, optimally within a certain RPM range. Yeah. So a constant speed uh, prop is designed to keep that engine in that range by varying the pitch of the propeller and changing the load on the engine so that it can stay in that power band. That's more for uh, like gasoline or nitro engines where you really have that curve with the throttle, the power curve. Uh, Electrics don't have that as much. You get, I mean, it's still there a little bit, but not nearly as much. Um, The biggest reason I think you're going to see these coming or becoming more and more mainstream, I guess, is because of the things you can actually do with it. Um, I've seen people fly their airplanes backwards. Yeah, or, vertically backwards. Yeah, vertically backwards. Yeah, I've seen like, it too. So, and that, that's why I think that's going to kind of be something possible in the future yeah. that you're going to see more of. Yeah, but, but we're all pretty much familiar with fixed pitch. Yeah, that's props. the that's normal propeller that you buy a couple dollars, three dollars a piece that uh, we all use. Um, they're the ones that, I mean, they're simple. There's nothing to them. Mm-hmm. The, the thrust is varied by uh, varying the speed of your motor. Yeah. So. So with the with the propeller mm-hmm. comes certain unique characteristics, uh, or or trade offs or aerodynamic um, 
uniqueness. Are you talking about P factor? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> Should have just said it because that took a while to get there. I'm sorry. Um, so P factor is kind of cool. Yeah. And it really explains some stuff when you get to learn about it. So uh, P factor is caused by a spinning propeller when the center of thrust is not in the correct place. So what that means is... Um, so the angle of the attack of the blades aren't perpendicular to the airplane's angle of attack. So if the fuselage is tilted outside of horizontal to the uh, actual... So tail down. Tail down position. Okay. Your right-hand blade... So if you're sitting in the pilot seat, let's imagine you're actually flying this thing. The propeller is spinning clockwise in front of you. And okay. because of the angle of the blade, mm -hmm. when that is on its downward spin... So when the blade is on the right-hand side of the airplane... Moving in a downward motion. In a downward trajectory, okay. it's actually taking a bigger bite out of the air yep. than the left-hand side of the blade is when it's going up. Yes. Because that pitch is changing yeah. as to... Your angle the, of attack is the greater. Of, right, the, right the angle side. of attack, or attack is changing based on the uh, unhorizontalness of the fuselage. Yes. So um, the propeller is developing more lift... On the right-hand side than the left-hand side. More thrust on the right-hand side than the left-hand side. causing the airplane to want to turn to the left because and that's of the increased thrust on the right-hand side. Correct. And that is what causes the yaw yep. that you have to deal with. That's why with. you have to add right rudder. And you add right rudder. And actually, um, it's exaggerated in twin-engine aircraft and especially twin-engine tail draggers. Um, and because of that, that's why I'm going to be building my duelist uh uh, with counter-rotating propellers. So I'm going to actually counter-rotate the uh, the electric engines that I have for that because when you do a counter-rotation, it cancels each other cancels out. Cancels them out. Yep. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a few other things that can cause left jaw or uh, that go into the left jaw tendencies also. Uh, the P phenomenon. Factors. There you go. There That's you the go. word I think I was looking for earlier. <laughs> uh, P factor is not the only thing that we, you know, uh, sometimes have to consider. Correct. Um, engine torque. Just like on a car, you know, it, uh, when you see the cars launching at a drag strip, they tend to want to pull up one side or the other. Um, aircraft engines, you know, they're engines and or motors. Uh, they generate torque as a byproduct of their rotation. Uh, and so the reason that actually would slow one side down versus the other is there's going to be more force going down. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to have more pressure on that tire. And so it's going to be, uh, there's going to be more drag, more friction on the one side than the other two. Yep. So Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, gyroscopic precession. That's another one. That you're uh, making up? No, I'm not making that up. Um, You're using big words, doctor. So gyroscopic precession. Uh, so everybody is familiar with the, well, maybe not everybody, but uh, most people are probably familiar with uh, little, you know, spinning tops. You know, when we were a kid, you know, you'd spin a little top and it would spin and balance. Or the gyroscope. That's that a gyroscope, right. Yeah. So a gyroscope, uh, as it spins, if you apply a force to it. So let's say we've got a... Um, Something like a propeller, let's say, oh. spinning flat on the table here on a on a you know on a point, like on a motor, like on a motor, <laughs> let's say exactly, um, and we apply a force to the one area of that propeller disc. Um, that force will make its presence known ninety degrees from that point in the plane of rotation. So. Um, Back to our tail dragger. We've got the spinning thing on the front, our gyroscope or our propeller. 
on there. And as we, as we rotate that airplane, you know, we get the tail off the ground, right? That's the same thing as pushing on the very tip top propeller disc, uh-huh. right? That force is felt 90 degrees in the plane of rotation. So that force is actually felt due to gyroscopic precession uh, on the right-hand tip. So we've gone from vertical in the plane of rotation, 90 degrees is now on the right-hand tip, causing that airplane to want to yaw to the left. Another reason we have to add right rudder. And there's actually one more reason too. Everything is just like against against us us, trying to take off without using right rudder. Yeah. And what's the last one? Uh, So... I'm not exactly sure the official title. We have a spiral slipstream written in our notes here. Um, so if you'll allow me for just a minute, I'll uh, tell a little story. So I actually have a private pilot's license. Uh, got it a long time ago. I don't fly anymore. It's you know, too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, in pilot training, they actually taught us P factor was this phenomenon called spiral slipstream. Um, although your description and explanation of P factor is accurate, is accurate, get that word out. Um, they taught us in flight school a much simpler version of that, and that was the spiral slipstream. So you can imagine as a propeller turns and moves through the air, it's actually moving air itself. Yeah. And it, and it moves that air and it creates a column of swirling air behind it. And as that air moves down the fuselage, it comes up and it hits the vertical stabilizer. Guess which side it hits the stabilizer on? Yeah. The left side. Yeah. It's causing us to add right rudder. That's what I mean. Everything is against us when it comes to Working against us. But so, yeah, and that's the other thing I kind of think of too. When, so when your propeller is spinning, that thrust that it's creating is not pushing straight back. No. I mean, it's it's a swirling, whirling dervish of this just air, this tornado that's kind of going around. Yeah, right? I like it. Um, so it's, it's a, a spiral that is pushing towards the back. And yeah. that's because obviously, because you're having the propellers spinning and instead of pushing the air straight back, it's, it's also moving it off to the side, mm-hmm. uh, which has to do with how it's Flinging going through it the air. Almost. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of dirty. <laughs> that's kind of, that the, was a burp. Excuse yeah, me. Very good. Uh, so that's the dirty air that kind of is created around the, the dirty, fuselage. Dirty air. And then, yeah, that kind of wraps around and also hits the left of your uh, the left side of your rudder. Yeah. And then when you combine all of those factors together, the P factor, the spiral slipstream, the torque, the the other things that we, we talked about, um, gyroscopic, gyroscopic precession. precession. Um, yeah. Everything working against us on that takeoff uh, to make us have to add right rudder. So basically, be prepared at all times to add right rudder. Mostly. Especially on your takeoff. And a tail dragger. Yeah, especially in a tail dragger. Yeah, and so, I mean, this happens all the time when you're flying. You just don't notice it because you're moving forward so fast. Well, and you have that big big vertical surface to help counteract that as yeah. the air is moving past it. And that's what I was going to say. You're moving forward so fast that you're not actually able to hit that surface as fast right. as you were when you're uh, on the ground. Yep. So it all kind of straightens itself out when you're flying. Whew. Okay. That's a lot. That was a lot. Are we done? I'm glad. No, we're not no, we're done. Not we're not finished still talking yet? About, oh, yeah. Let's talk about what they're made of these propellers actually that's going to be fun yeah i i like to talk about what they're made of because it's interesting to me what's your favorite type of propeller you know it depends on on uh, okay uh, i'll just i'll just throw <laughs> it out there my, my favorite type of propeller are wood propellers right i love i love wood propellers with the painted tips yes 
Yes, although you can, you know, you can paint the tips on any propeller, but a wood propeller, to me, with the painted tips, just just looks cool, classic, mm-hmm. cool, whatever you want to call it. I prefer, and there's some advantages actually to a wooden propeller. Yeah, but first off, let's talk about the painted tips. Yes. It's kind of a safety thing. Absolutely. And it's actually a good idea to do it. It's a very good idea. And the reason is when that thing is spinning, those painted tips will create an arc in the sky that you can physically see and keep body parts out of. Yeah. So not necessarily <laughs> when it's flying does it matter, but it's when you're working when you're on, on the, the ground. ground, when you're yep. tuning it, when you're doing anything on the ground, you can actually see where those tips are. And I, yeah, yeah I really like yep. the, the painted tips. Yep. I Yellow, for some reason, I like. It, well, it's because the contrast. It stands out against a lot of other background colors. But I've seen white before, yeah, and I don't like whites. the white ones as, as much. I don't think it oh, looks you as like good. you like the yellow? I like the yellow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do, too. Um, <laughs> well, you're smart, then. Good job. I'm not going to say all of my propellers have uh, painted tips on them, but I try yeah, to... mine neither. I try to do it on as many of them as I can remember to do, uh, just because they look cool, and I like that little added measure of safety so I can see exactly where that propeller is spinning to keep my fingers out of. Electric ones, I don't do it to. Because I, you know, I'm not standing in front of electric well, ones. Usually because, yeah, you don't much. have to tinker yeah. with needles and things like that. So the, the risk is a little bit smaller, probably. A lot smaller. I would say. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to be around it to exactly. start it to do things, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So propellers can be made of wood plastic. Not wood plastic, but wood say, or wood plastic. plastic? <laughs> uh, they can also be made out of, made out of a FRP, which is a fiber glass reinforced plastic. And then uh, carbon fiber is out there. Uh, and each one has its has its advantages and its disadvantages. Um, by far, in my opinion, um, the cool factor goes to wood. I like the wood, but I also like the look of carbon fiber. Depends on the airplane, but I agree. Yeah, on a on a modern aerobatic uh, 3D style big airplane like your Yak over here, carbon fiber is pretty tough to beat. Yep. Yeah, looks very very cool. And that's what I have for it. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. And uh, it's tough to beat. Um, but the the downside to you know, well, we'll just talk about carbon fiber. So, what are some of the upsides? Uh, it's very strong. Very strong. It's uh, carbon fiber air, uh, propellers are usually. Um, well, what are we talking pros now? Is that what you said? Yeah. It's strong. It it's, looks neat. They're light. <laughs> they are light. Uh, you can you can usually spin them up faster, so you know your throttle response is a little bit better. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure mine's hollow. But yeah, yeah most, I mean, that's, I think most, most of them, when you get to that size yeah, are going to be hollow. Yep, exactly. Uh, which is another thing. They're um, so strong, you can actually hollow the inside yeah. out and make them a lot lighter. Um, and it, and a, another side effect of them of their strength is the fact that they don't flex, uh, so they're a little bit maybe more efficient than um, than a than a similar sized plastic one because just for the simple fact that uh, the blades don't flex they maintain their shape even at uh, heavy loads mm-hmm. so that's an advantage uh, and Down- they look cool downside well the only downside really that I could find on carbon fiber f- for me personally is the cost yeah they're crazy expensive yeah for the for the yak carbon fiber was almost three times as expensive yeah but we're also talking about it, what was it, a 33-inch prop or something 33 like that? 33-inch prop, $189. Goodness gracious. As opposed to like a Vess wood one, I wanted to say was about 40 bucks <laughs> or no, about yeah. 60 if I remember right for the yeah. same size. And there's definite um, places you would you would maybe not want to fly 
with a carbon fiber prop, like if you're flying on a rough field and the potential for breaking a prop is maybe higher, maybe you would choose a, you know, a, a little bit cheaper wooden prop or even, you know, something plastic if you can get it in that range. I'm not even sure if APC yeah, makes them that big. But, APC doesn't um, go that size. Uh, but anyway, yeah, those, those are some of the pluses and minuses of carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plastic FRP, like so, like APC, Master Air Screw, and other um, manufacturers like that that are making their props out of plastic. Uh, some of the pros and cons of those they are cheap, they are, yeah, they're relatively inexpensive compared to the other props, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, simple to manufacture, mm-hmm. uh, very forgiving, they are, they are pretty durable compared to wood, especially, yeah. They're my um, prop of choice for flying, you know, at, uh, at, at grass, airfields, things like that, because they are, you know, they can, they can kind of take a beating. Like, you know, you can hit a clump of grass with them and usually they, you know, they just know, turn no green and yeah, they yeah, do it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to clean them and then, yeah. Oh, you uh, clean them? Well, I try to keep them it's in a, tip top shape. It's a badge of honor to have a green one. It means you fly your plane. At least that's how I look at it. Cause oh, I, okay. I'm not going to clean my propeller. I'm not. What if you have white tips? You leave the green on the white tips, then they become greenish white tips. Well, I guess it depends on the airplane. Okay. It. De- I mean, it depends on the airplane. I, I yeah. got you. Uh, so yeah, they're they're fairly uh, durable. Uh, they're inexpensive, relatively speaking. Um, they're a good choice for grass uh, grass airstrips and even concrete. If you know, if if nosovers are a problem for your airplane, you know, a plastic prop like a master airscrew might not be a bad choice. Yeah, it won't, um, it won't shatter when yeah, it gets not, hit. Not like It'll a, still break, yeah. but it's not oh, going to yeah. shatter like a carbon fiber one right. or wood. Um, the downside to them is they do, because they're plastic, they are somewhat flexible. APC does, and Master Screw both, they do a pretty good job of incorporating um, actual glass fibers in the material and the resin that they use to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do flex, especially at higher RPM. So they are not quite as efficient as a, as a wood or, or carbon fiber prop. Um, but yeah, there you go. Pros and cons of plastic. Nice. Cheap. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cheap is good. Cheap. So wood. Wood. My favorite. I, yeah, I agree. Stiff, efficient, good looking. Very good looking. Um, especially with the painted tips. Uh, my, my prop of choice. Unfortunately, um, Price-wise, they're a little bit more than the plastic props, not, not by much. Not a lot. I right? mean, there's no real appreciable difference. Yeah. And but probably, and here's the real downside: is they're probably the the least durable of the props out there. Yeah, they, they do not tolerate well, impact of any kind. I, you you brought it up before, but when you were tuning that uh, uh, the Telemaster, the twenty cc Telemaster, the twenty cc Telemaster, <laughs> you just barely like. Yeah. I'm trying to think what it was. There was a. It was my carb tuning screwdriver. Just barely touched yeah. the tip of one yeah. of those when it was spinning. I let it get just a little bit too close. So I got a little careless, and it it hit the prop as it was spinning and took a fairly sizable chunk it out of the prop. It took half of one of the edges off yeah. of that propeller, um, and you didn't even see it. I happen. didn't. I was like, so focused on getting that gosh darn thing <laughs> running that I didn't and, even see it. And you were upset with, I mean, you were in a bad mood that day, which I'm not saying it it's a bad thing, but that, no, this was. was when that was giving us such problems. Yeah. But I, I turned it off because I saw it go flying. It probably flew, <laughs> I'd say probably 30 feet. 
Um, it did. It, it was quite a ways in, away. In the plane of rotation, plane of rotation if you will. Exactly. About, yeah, it was about 30 feet away. Yep. And you got a little upset when I turned it off. You're like, we just what got you it shut started. It off for? It was running. Why did you turn it off? And I was like, yeah. didn't you see the piece go flying? And then like, the, oh, now I see now it. Now I see it. Yeah. And yeah, half the blade was gone. Yeah. So, and that, by the way, like I said, I can't find that blade anymore. That's, that's unfortunate. Well, I, I really wanted to replace it with the same kind. Yeah. I don't know why I like that. Because it's a cool name and it's a well, wood prop. Not only is it a wood prop, cool. but like the, the other wood props that I've seen are like a lighter color wood. This one was more of a realistic, darker yeah. type of wood. Yeah. I don't know what it was made of or if right. it was stained differently or whatever it was. Uh, but it looked like an older type of uh, propeller, and it really matched that airframe, and I yeah. really liked it. Well, we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll search some. Try more. and find something. Um, but yeah, there's my choice for my favorite prop wood. Unfortunately, it's just not durable. Uh, so they're the most prone to to breakage and cracking and. But they look the coolest, um, so that's okay. And like I said, you know, at the beginning of the show, you know, when we were talking about the warnings and the safety, um, don't fly with a prop that has a nick or scratch or gouge, especially, especially a wooden, wooden one. props. Yeah, yeah so. I agree. Um, how about two blade versus three blade? <laughs> so you can't well, say slow flyer. Apparently, I can't say three blade. Well, a three blade plop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A three blade yeah. prop is uh, not one I really deal a lot with. Um, I don't like. I know a lot of guys fly them for scale looks, mm -hmm. uh, but I just I I don't guilty. Yeah, I know you're I you're one that does that. Yep. So maybe you can talk about that more than I can. Well, I mean. I like the looks of a three-blade. I said it right. Yeah, you uh, did. You propeller. Uh -huh. um, but there are some things you need to consider if you're going to choose one of these over a two-blade. Um, it's not a one-for-one -one swap. So a ten-by-six three-blade um, is going to put more load, obviously, on an airplane or on your uh, power unit than a two-blade. You know, you've got an extra blade out there, and you know, taking another bite of air, putting additional load on the airplane or on the power unit. I keep wanting to say yeah, it, I know. Um, so it's not a one-for-one -one swap. Usually, uh, well, generally speaking, you have to either go down either in pitch or diameter when you when you go up to a three-blade. Uh, the reason, again, is because you got that extra blade out there taking another bite of air, so it's going to create more load on the airplane. Um, Aren't they less efficient, though? So there's, you know... I, or does it even matter for something this size? Honestly, if you have the right uh, propeller selected for the for the engine, you know the propeller and engine combination, I don't think a properly sized three bladed propeller is any less less efficient than a properly selected two blade. Okay, uh, we're going to go over here in a little bit on uh, things to consider when you're choosing a propeller, but if if they're both in the correct range for your engine and they both operate, get your engine operating in the optimum RPM range. Or motor, um, I don't think really, realistically speaking, I don't think we're going to notice inefficiency at our scale. Now, so I, you know, I guilty. I did a Google search, knowing that we were going to do this episode, and I read a lot of stuff saying that yes, they are way more efficient, or yes, they are way less efficient. I've flown a long time. I've been flying a long time, and I, I choose three bladed propellers for several different reasons, but I like the way they look. Um, and if the tips are painted, that's another tip going through the air, creating an arc so you can see it even that much better. Scale airplanes, if you look at them, most of them, even civilian stuff, 
reciprocating engine powered now, uh, have three or more, sometimes four blades. So I choose them for appearance. I like the way they sound. Um, and I'd, like I said, I like to paint the tips and then that's another blade you've got creating an arc in the, in the air so you can see it. Um, they, do they develop more thrust? I don't think so. Not really, especially if it's if you've got one selected to get your engine in the right RPM range. But do they deliver less thrust? That's not been my experience. They are okay. they are like I said, equal apples to all apples. If, yeah, all things yeah. considered, they develop I think the same amount of thrust. So not a noticeable difference for anything, and pretty much three blade versus two blade is just going to be for looks. I think so. Right? I mean, uh, yep. Yeah, if, to if, go more scale or something like that. There are certainly things to consider when you know when you're going to a three blade, but yeah, a properly selected one, I don't think we're going to notice a less or a significant decrease in thrust. What about a four blade? So I have no experience with a four blade. Okay. Um, there's not a lot of four bladed props out there. They're expensive. They're crazy expensive. Yeah. I've seen, like, APC used to make some, I think, and there's a few other, like, uh, wood prop manufacturers that have made them. Mm -hmm. um, crazy expensive. Beautiful, They though. look very, very yeah, cool. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, but I can imagine that, again, one that's selected correctly for the engine or motor, I really don't think you're going to notice a Any significant... Difference. You might notice yeah. a difference. You know, you may have to play with pitch or whatever to compensate for maybe a, a lack of, you know, top end or low end or whatever. But um, I, I think the differences are very minimal. So you're a you're a hand starter guy. I am. Um, do you take any more precautions with a three blade versus a possibly a four if you would ever get one or a two blade prop? Not not really. Uh, yeah. So I, I will hand flip my my airplanes that have three bladed props on them. I use the same technique as I do with a two blade. I just try to be cognizant that that, that upcoming blade is a lot closer, closer than, yeah. than it is on a two blade. So I just make sure that my, my flip is more, maybe a little bit more vigorous to get my fingers out of the way. But otherwise, no, I don't, I don't change my technique at all. Yeah. Because you do it probably the most dangerous way that you can. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, yeah. it's the best way to do it uh, for the motor or for the propellers, especially too. Um, because you're not running, like you don't use electric starters. I try not to. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, that can cause problems on a motor. We've talked about that, uh, yeah, right. in, in previous episodes, but yeah. But, you know, from the propeller side of things, uh, the three-blade is going to have one coming quicker and mm -hmm. closer than the two-blade will, but you want to get your hand out of the way very quickly yeah. uh, just so you don't have any issues with that coming right. back and hitting you. And the other thing you want to do is make sure you get it through that compression cycle so it doesn't backfire and try and fling the opposite way through your hand. Right. Which, And then we'll, we'll actually talk about a little bit later, too, how to set a propeller, yeah. uh, set up a propeller correctly. Yeah, when you're bolting it on. For yeah. hand starting, for even using the chicken stick, um, but just to make sure you do it in the safest manner possible. Yes, exactly. Uh, so... Things to consider if you're going to go down the three-blade route. Um, like I said, it's it's not a one-for-one -one swap. You're not going to take a 10 by 6 two-blade and bolt on a 10 by 6 three-blade and expect the same sort of performance. Um, so I'll tell you what I do. Uh, I usually go down in one step, either in pitch or diameter. So we'll take the Duelist for an example. Um, Are you doing three-blade on it? Well, yeah. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. So what I'm going to do on the Duelist is uh, the, the engines that I've chosen, those Irvine 40s, are designed, you know, obviously to run the, the standard 10 by 6 uh, 
propeller, two blade. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take um, two 10 by six narrow bladed three blade. And you can get those through, um, you know, the, the company was, uh, oh gosh, I want to say it was Zingali, Z-I-N-G-A-L-I, available from Makoa. Uh, we've mentioned, I've mentioned them, I think on the, on the show before. Yeah. Uh, but they're the blades, even though it's a three bladed propeller and it's a 10 by six, same as a two blade, the blades are essentially a 10 by six narrow blade except okay. times three. Yeah. So it should sort of balance out. And since I'm putting pipes on these engines, I'm putting them on tune pipes, they're going to develop a little bit more power than a standard 40. So I feel like, more power, and I'm more doing RPM. that for, for ground clearance reasons. Like, a 10 by 6 on these engines with the pipes is probably not enough prop. And I could go with a 10 by 7 You know, here we go, though, with that wider pitch like we talked about earlier. That's not the direction I want to go. I want, like, you know, I'm going to be flying off of grass. I want to try to maintain a flatter, you know, bra uh, blade, excuse me. So I need to get off the ground. So because these engines are going to be on pipes, I don't, I don't want to go to a 10 by 7 two blade or an 11.6, I don't have ground, I'm not going to have ground clearance for an 11 inch prop. So next alternative is I'm going to go with that 10 by six, three blade with the narrow blades. Or I could also uh, maybe go to a 10 by five standard with blade on the three blade. So it's always a trade off, right? Yeah. So that's, that's sort of the, and, and there's lots of reasons to go with three blades other than looks. Uh, ground clearance, like I said, with the duelist is, is one reason. Uh, that you might want to go to a three blade. But how does that make any difference? Like between a two blade and a three blade? So a, a 10 by six two blade, roughly speaking, if you wanted to make the same thrust with a three blade and you needed some ground clearance, like maybe you didn't have room for a 10 inch prop, you could go to like a nine seven three blade. Okay. And and develop about the same thrust. I mean, yes, you could do the same thing with a, with a two blade, but it's not as cool. <laughs> so it goes back to being it's cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I gotcha. Yep. So that's that's why I choose them. That's that's kind of the rules I use to choose them. There's lots and lots and lots of information on the internet. Uh, Master Airscrew still makes three blade props. Um, so there's a there's a resource right there. And like I said, Makoa sells these old. I don't know if these are reproductions or if these are original because these props have been around. Zingali. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Um, been around a long time. Uh, so I don't know if they're molding them still or if these are just old, but they're cool looking. And they're plastic. And they're yeah. And they're plastic. Yep. Yeah. Very similar construction to a master air screw, black one. So there oh. you go. Two blade versus three blade or more. Uh, next thing, let's get in just a little bit more on nitro versus electric. I mean, we we sort of hit on the hit on the differences uh, earlier, or you did. Um, but yeah, nitro plop. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> Nitro props or uh -huh. propellers designed for gas or nitro are going to be more ruggedly constructed. They're going to be thicker, heavier, even probably yeah. designed to to withstand the vibrations that are coming from those internal combustion engines. Yeah, generally you're going to see the the hubs are going to be thicker. Yeah, they're actually going to be wider. Right. Uh, than you're going to see on the electric ones. Yep. Um, and once again, that's just because well, and also like the base where the propeller hooks up to the hub is going to be wider. So the actual propeller blade uh, where it connects to the hub is going to have a, a wider connection point 
uh, than you will see on an electric one. Yes. Once again, that's because of all the extra vibrations and, and stuff that goes along with a, an engine that's actually pulsing power right. as opposed to yeah. the smoothness of electric. <laughs> Uh, electric props again are designed to be lightweight yeah. because you know electric motors are weak and they need to okay. take all those advantages they can for the lighter weight. Uh, take you prop. to the cleaners again. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's not weak. Come they're, at come at me with facts. That's I'm all just I'm teasing. saying. It's not weak. They're smooth. They're designed to be light to take maximum uh, to take full advantage of the power that they offer. Yeah, I so, agree because they're not um, getting beat around the. The arc of the plane that they're, <laughs> you know, spinning in. It's not like smack, smack, smack. <laughs> really? <laughs> smack? That's smack. That was smack. Three RPM. Just like, was Just it like three that. or one and a half? Well, no, that was, I don't know. I give up. <laughs> and that would have been revolutions anyway, not yeah. RPM. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk just a little bit about the shape of the tip. Just the tip of the propeller. So I've seen them pointed. I've seen them square. Uh, and that all comes down to um, now. Hold on, this is just the the, the just the tip. <laughs> just the tip of the propeller is uh, it's important because the shape of the end of the propeller is designed to um, reduce, in most cases, wingtip vortices, which cause drag, which therefore make an airfoil, which an air you know a propeller is. You call it wingtip vortices. Wingtip. Vortices. Oh, not propeller tip vortices. Right, because a propeller is, is a wing. A wing. Okay. Set on, like I mentioned at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Ron. That's been so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been? What time did we start? I don't know. I didn't write it down because I don't have my watch on. Oh. So sharp pointed tips reduce. Blah, blah. <laughs> sharp pointed tips uh, reduce uh, tip vortices, which cause drag. Uh, and they will limit the amount of lift or thrust, in this case, that it, the uh, propeller can develop. Um, also causes noise, which I actually kind of think is cool. Yeah, I do too. They don't bother me. And did you know that a lot of the noise that comes off of a propeller, especially at a higher RPM, are actually sonic booms? I did. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's I, that's one thing I love about listening to the uh, the yak fly because oh boy it spins those propeller or that propeller fast that propeller is huge and those tips are going very fast supersonic very very fast I ought to do the math on that sometime to figure out exactly how fast they're spinning yeah um, but yeah, yeah and you can hear the the what's it called the the breaking the what's it called ripping of the, air. the yeah the the prop <laughs> rip. And yeah, it does I, sound it cool. Sounds awesome. And that noise is actually uh, created by sonic booms from the propeller tips going supersonic, <laughs> and which to me is just one of the coolest things, right? You yeah. can talk about. Um, which is you know odd in my opinion that Master Airscrew, after all these years, still has fairly square propeller tips. But you know what? They work really well. So, well, you don't get that as much with the smaller ones. No, because you don't. obviously. You know, once again, talking about the 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 arc that you're traveling in, the smaller your your diameter is, the faster that has to spin to get the same speed on that tip. Uh, so, just the tip is not going as fast on the smaller ones as it is on the bigger ones. So, right. Yeah. Nice. So that's enough about the tip um, of the propeller. So, some things to consider when selecting the right propeller, if I may. Um, 
all engines and motors, uh, to a lesser degree motors, but all power units, uh, they run in an optimal RPM range. Uh, nitro motors and gas motors, the range is uh, not maybe as wide as an electric motor, but still optimum maximum power output efficiency is going to happen within a range of RPM. And we select a propeller to try to get our engine to operate in that range. Uh, getting back to what you were saying about constant speed propellers, that's why they do that, to keep that engine in its maximum uh, operational efficiency. Um, maximum power output. Yep. Uh, so like here in my notes, I wrote down uh, too big a prop is going to cause the engine to lug or to work hard to try to spin that propeller up into its uh, maximum operational range. And that's going to cause a lot of heat. Uh, heat causes damage. You know, it's not something you want to do to your engine or your motor. Uh, and, and electric motors, especially susceptible to being overpropped. Um, you know, you pull too many watts, is it? Then you, you run the risk. Just, of... just talk about your glow stuff. I'll get you electric in a little bit. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, you know, and if, if you put too big a prop on your nitro or gas, it's going gonna, it's gonna to consume more fuel. It's going to generate more heat. Uh, it's going to uh, cause a lot of abnormal wear onto those expensive uh, engine parts. But it's not nearly as bad on a glow engine to go big as it is to go small, correct? Yeah. Yeah, too small, you're going to run outside on the top end of that uh, optimal RPM range and stretch a connecting rod or, or score a, a sleeve. Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, definitely worse to go high on the on the RPM range than, than to, to go low. But you so, don't want to do, you don't want to really go in either range. You really want to get that engine operating in its optimum, optimum RPM range. And how do you know an engine's optimum RPM range? It's usually in the instructions that come with the engine. And if not, man, Google search. Yeah. That's why, you know, 10 by 6 is sort of the standard for 40 size. You know, 11 by 6 is kind of the standard for 60. And um, if you go to APC's website or Master Screw, they have the, like, charts to, you know, hey, I have a 124 stroke. What prop should I put on? They'll tell you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once you get that general, that, that baseline, then you can fine-tune plus or minus. But not too far outside those ranges because uh, you can cause damage. Um, so talking about that, um, these engines usually can operate within a range of propellers. So uh, uh, let's take the standard 40 again. Uh, the 10 by 6 is the standard, but it'll also swing a, a 9 by 7. Might also swing an 11 by 5. So, you know, plus or minus 1 on either not both, but on either dimension, usually you're pretty safe. So um, plus one, minus one for each one, yeah. or minus one, plus one. Right, but for not for number. both. Well, like right. you can go plus one in pitch if you stay the same diameter and vice versa. You don't want to take a two-step. Right? No, what I'm saying is if, you, if you're adding one inch to your diameter, mm -hmm. you're going to subtract one inch from pitch. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. so a 10.6 yeah. is not an 11.6, it's an 11.5. Right. So, right. but some engines, you know, depending on the engine, you know, they may turn a, you know, a, a forty, a really strong forty, uh, may turn a, a ten six just fine, but it may also turn, a, you know, an eleven six just fine. It's, it's, and in the instructions for your engine, it'll tell you. They'll tell you what range is, but sometimes you can fine tune 
going back to what we were talking about, you know, the gears in a car, if you want to, you know, gear your airplane to get off of a, a rough field, then you can play with those figures to, to get the performance you want out of your engine. Um, but like I said, always refer to the, you know, the engine's manufacturer's instructions. Uh, they'll usually give you a range, and if you stay within that range, you're usually pretty safe. Usually. Usually. <laughs> but yeah, a good general rule of thumb is plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one. Never plus one, plus one. Or minus one, minus one. Or minus one. one, minus one. So yeah, bolting a 10, you know, a 10 by five to the front of your 40 size sport plane, you know, to overcome a short field takeoff, you know, all that drag, uh, it's going to come with a trade-off of speed, just like we so talked like about. So like top earlier. end speed? Yep, yeah. exactly. So it's going to get you there faster, but that top end is going to be slower. Exactly. That, that didn't sound right, but that was nope, right. that's exactly right. So it's going yeah. to have more acceleration, yep, more it'll pull. have more torque. Kind yeah. of, if you want to think of it that way, I have more torque to get you through that rough, draggy grass off the field, but then unfortunately your top speed is going to be a little bit less. Yeah. Yep. It's always going to be a trade-off. Yep. So electric motors, you want to talk about propping those bad boys? So sizing propellers to electric motors, um, you're really going to stick with the recommendation from the manufacturer. They were going to kind of like you're talking about, they're going to give you um, propellers to start with. Mm -hmm. And you can go either way, like you're talking about on, on your gas or glow right. engines. Biggest difference, though, is electric motors are just the opposite. So you can underprop them and not have any issues whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. The only thing that's going to be wrong is you're not going to create as much thrust as you could get out of it. But right. you're not going to hurt anything. You're not going to overheat anything. You're not going to stress anything not out. You're not going to over-rev it and right. tear up a connecting rod. or yeah. Right. Whereas going the opposite way is bad. If you put too much of a, of a propeller on there, uh, you're going to overheat things because electric motors are going to try to constantly go to that uh, speed at which you're telling them to go to, and they will pull uh, as much current as they need to get there. So if your motor is pulling too much current through your ESC, you're going to start creating heat. You're going to be That's burning bad. it up. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can very possibly uh, mess up your motor your ESC, or your battery, or all three. Um, and That's an expensive mistake. might not happen, but it's possible that you could catch your plane on fire because of all the heat and stuff. That's that kind of scary. With it. Well, scary, yeah. Fire but... and lipos scares me to death. <laughs> Let's be honest. How cool would that be? <laughs> well, Flying along. For a short period of and time. And then all of a sudden, like, whoa, look at that. And then, oh. Oh, and like then, I gotta oh, buy another airplane. Yeah, yeah, because you're not getting anything back on that one. Mm -mm. So that's the nice thing about checking. You know, with electric motors, you can actually check uh, to see if you're pulling too many watts through it by using a watt meter, huh. um, and that will tell you based on what your motor is rated for if it's pulling too many watts. If it's pulling too many watts, then that means you have a propeller on that's pulling too much or that has too much resistance and it's pulling too much power through it. Therefore, you know you're going to mess it up. Watts, amperage, volts. Folks, refer back to the motors episode where Ron <laughs> did a fantastic, really did a fantastic job of, of going through all that for us. So um, It kind of explained a lot. Yeah. But wattage is what you're going to be reading with a watt meter, quite obviously. Hmm. Um, and that's going to tell you, you know, where you're at based on what your motor can withstand. Uh, and that, you know, what your motor is rated for kind of comes with the motor. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be with your documentation and stuff when you buy it. Cool. So, yeah, use a watt meter. Make sure you're under the rated wattage uh, and you're not going to mess anything up. 
Yay for electric. So how can you tell with that, uh, like, you know, there's watt meters for electric motors. What is there for a nitro motor? Uh, well, I use a non-contact thermometer. Oh, so an actual mm -hmm. thermometer to yeah, tell so how I much can measure there. cylinder head temperature, thing like things like that. So then what's a good temperature for a cylinder head? That's a good question. That's why uh, I asked it. There is a lot of um, information and misinformation out on the web. And well, let's let's not talk about the web. Let's talk about let's talk about Tom. Tommy, Tommy so does not like to get his cylinder head temperatures. He tries not to get them above two hundred. So I try not to <laughs> run my engines with a, a cylinder head temperature above two hundred. Uh, I believe you can go higher than that, uh, but why if you don't need to? Yeah, because heat is not a good thing. No. Uh, I really, really like the 185 to 195-ish range. That seems to be um, the the best compromise for, uh, you know, they get, if you want to measure fuel economy, they, they probably get the best economy there. And there's going to be people that are going to argue that point um, and other points that I've made regarding temperatures. Um, but, it, but a ringed engine at 190 is, is usually pretty safe. Uh, 185 is even better. And a cooler engine usually will kind of develop more power. It burns more fuel, but it develops more power uh, and lasts longer, you know, because you don't have all that extra heat. Uh, an ABC engine relies on heat to make that good seal because remember, uh, back in the nitro, did we talk? Yeah, did we, we talk did. about temperatures, though? I don't remember talking about temperatures. We touched on it. Um, oh, well, forgive me for not remembering. That's okay. It was nitro. You weren't interested. I, I, uh, I don't even know if I listened to that one. <clears throat> probably not. I didn't even, like when I edited it, I just played it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but an ABC engine that doesn't depend on a ring to seal the, uh, you know, the combustion chamber, um, it depends on temperature to swell those parts to make that seal. So the temperatures are a little higher. You run those a little higher. But yeah, I, I generally stay away from 200 and above. So, so you when you're checking your different propeller sizes, yep. that's you, how you check them. Yep, that's one way to do it. I do it by ear. I've been doing it a long time, but you can back it up with a thermometer. Yep. So there you go. How about spinners? Do you want to talk about spinners? Yeah, let's talk about spinners really quick. Why Why would you use a spinner other uh, than it looks cool? Or is that the only reason? Well, that's probably the primary reason to, yeah. to smooth, you know, to kind of make the airplane smoother looking. Sleeker. Uh, sleeker, thank you. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I believe it probably will actually make the airplane sleeker. So you, you know, develop a little more top end speed and uh, maybe make the airplane a little more efficient, less drag on the front. So you don't have to put as big an engine on it to overcome that drag. Do you really think it's going to make that much of a difference, though? I mean, like, honestly, with something that small. For a general purpose flying, no. Yeah. No. It's cool. It's a, It's about looks. I well, mean, uh, yeah, and some of them I actually think look better, depending on the airplane, without, without a spinner. Yeah. yeah. A big old propeller hub like on a World War II. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And it depends, you know, it depends on, you know, what you like. I tell you what, though, having a spinner on there, having a spinner on there, uh, it's a handy place to use an electric starter. Which you don't do, so. I do. I mean, I, I own electric starters, and I do use them from time to time. I mean, I have some stubborn engines that uh, don't like to be started by hand. Yeah. Um, but a spinner makes it pretty handy to, to use that, the, the big cone on the. 
electric yeah, starter. Yeah, I've used one an electric starter on one that doesn't have the the spinner on it. Yeah, uh, you can do it, but it's not fun. It's hard yeah. to keep it centered. Well, you have to flip the cone around and use the small hole. Right, but so well, yeah, because then the small hole lets it sit, make more contact with the actual or actual hub on that propeller. But yeah, it's just it's harder to do. Yeah. So yeah. So you know that's in my opinion that's kind of the. The only reason I, I use them, uh, there might be other reasons, but uh, mostly just for looks, yeah. to be honest. Well, and I and I can appreciate that because most planes look better with it, but like I said, not all of them. Um, so one of the other things I want to talk about with propellers, let's say we just got a propeller. It's brand new in a package, and okay. we're going to put it on our airplane. Yes. Um, walk me through what needs to be done with that. Because there are a few things. I mean, you can't go from package to airplane. You have to do some things to it. Well, you should, I should, should say. Right. You should do some things to yep. it uh, in order to uh, to make it work better. Yeah. So what I do is, uh, first thing I do when I pull a you know brand new propeller out of a package or pull it out of the my parts drawer or whatever, is I will dull the trailing edge of the of each blade and and try to smooth the leading edge as well. And usually, that's, that's not wood. No, no, no. So uh, make sure we're talking about yep. the right kind. Thank you, yeah. On a wood um, propeller, I don't do that. And on a carbon propeller, I don't do that, especially to a carbon propeller. But yeah. uh, on a on most, you know, I... Like APC plastics. Yeah, APC, mm. master screw. There's usually a seam, you know, a molding seam on the leading edge of the propeller that uh, I like to smooth down and make, you know, try to make it you know, nice and smooth and efficient. And then the trailing edge is usually very, very sharp. Yeah. And let me tell you, Paper cuts are bad, but a cut <laughs> from the trailing edge of a propeller, I, I don't yeah. know what it is, probably because, you know, you're messing with nitro fuel at the same time and it gets in that, and let me tell you, that's no fun at all. Yeah. And those so, are, those are very, I mean, they're like razor sharp sometimes. They they do, they are very sharp when they come out of the mold. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, basically what I do is I take uh, the sharp edge of my X-Acto. I mean, mm-hmm. I keep an X-Acto in my field box, which yeah. we covered in what's in Tom's field box. Um and I'll just basically scrape the trailing edge of that and just kind of dull it and smooth it as best I can. Not now, gouge it now. Just right. just kind of run it along the trailing edge. So you can do the same thing with sandpaper. You're, you're not doing it like, how do we describe this to make sure it's not being done wrong? So you're not actually doing it to like cut. No. So you're not running that blade parallel to the, the edge. You're running it perpendicular right. and just kind of using it as a scraper. As a scraper. Right. Yeah. Um, so don't but you can do and... the same thing probably in a little safer method with a little piece of fine sandpaper. Just You just want to dull that trailing edge, especially if, like me, you use your fingers to start you know, your airplane. Uh, I don't want that cut in my fingers every time I'm trying to flip the, air, the, the darn thing over. So... Uh, that's the first thing I do is I dull the trailing edge and I'll try to smooth out the leading edge either with my X-Acto or, or sandpaper. X-Actos uh, I actually think work better than sandpaper though. Yeah, they just they, they seem the to not. They seem to not take as much off. Like with an X-Acto knife, you can actually get just that seam and you don't scrape any of the other stuff off that you don't really want to be messing with. Right. So yep. yeah, I prefer the X-Acto knife yeah. also. Uh, so that's the first thing I do. Uh, the next thing, I mean, it's it's six one half a dozen the other. You can either ream the the um, the hub hole, the prop shaft hole, or you can balance it. But you got to do both. Right. Uh, well, usually you have to do both. 
Uh, yeah, if you have the right size hole, you know, if the uh, propeller already fits over the shaft that you have for your motor, you don't have to worry about reaming it. What if it's too big? If it's too big, then they actually come with uh, the spacers, mm -hmm. and you can use the spacers to uh, shrink the hole so it fits the shaft it just perfectly. As a shim. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're right. It shims it down. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'll balance it. Uh, there's lots of different techniques people use to balance their props. Um, None of them are wrong. I'll just say that. Yeah, uh, it depends. Some are more some right of them than are others. Wrong. I would. Some uh, are more right than others. Don't remove material. I do not like. You know, I, I've seen people sand the tips to remove material. I've seen people sand the backside of the blades to remove material. I've even seen people like drill holes in the hub. Yeah, that's don't do that. Because especially that's... especially on a nitro or a, or a gas propeller because that whole that hub is molded thick to resist the stress of you torquing down on it to keep the darn thing on the front of the engine so don't don't drill holes in the hubs and they're also engineered that way because of the stresses that come with the motors that run them yes so the material that's there is there for a reason right and the same with you know you're talking about sanding the back of it it's a blade yeah. So it's not flat. It's an airfoil. It actually is an airfoil. Sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, if you're balancing laterally your airplane, you're not going to sand off the top of your wing in order to make it work. You're right. going to fix it another way, which is the same with your propeller. You don't want to sand off any material. Right. So yeah, exactly. I agree with them. So uh, the, the technique I use, and we mentioned it earlier, I like to paint the tips of my propeller blades if they're not already painted. Um, so I'll use that to, to balance my... My propeller yeah so i'll paint the tips yellow or white or whatever and then i'll just keep adding paint to one tip until i get them to balance and we're talking minuscule i mean like probably one hundredths of grams of material to get a, a propeller to balance because they're actually pretty doggone close out of the package usually uh, yeah most of them are pretty i mean um yeah. Obviously, they're, they're the bigger close. the prop, the more, you know, you're going to have to add. But uh, uh, so a contrasting color on like a black master air screw prop is one technique I use. Um, if for whatever reason I don't want to paint the tips uh, a contrasting color, I'll shoot, you know, just some clear polyurethane uh, just a little bit at a time until, you know, on the back on the side back of, it, yeah. of the blade to get until they balance. That's one te another technique I use. But I never, ever, ever remove material from the from the propeller itself either at the hub or the blade or the tip especially don't sand like i don't why would i mean don't sand the tips folks because you, now you're altering the diameter on one side and right. you're developing asymmetric lift or thrust and causing you know dynamic vibrations and all these other bad things just you know add a little bit of weight yeah paint. i i normally like i don't i don't paint the tips on mine most of the time um, if I buy them that way, awesome, but I, I've never done that myself. Oh, okay. Uh, so I will do the whole shellac or mm -hmm. uh, whatever on the back of the yeah. propeller. And it's a couple quick spritzes. And usually... Yeah. And then usually that's too much. So you have to go to the other <laughs> Put one a little until bit you on the get other it, side. Until you yeah. get it just right. But uh, It is an important step, though. You don't. It's not a step you want to omit, especially having electronics on board. Electronics do not like vibration. Yeah. So walk me through then actually balancing it what tool do you use to balance the propeller so i use what's going to be this week's tool of the week it's time for rc plane labs tool of the week 
a prop balancer. I use one from Dubro. Uh, there's Master Air Screw makes one. Um, Great Plains makes one. Dubro. I mean, there's still a lot of them. Unlike a lot of the tools that we like, there's still a lot of these tools out there being made. Uh, but basically, you just set your prop up on whatever balancer method you're using, and the heavy blade is always going to fall, and you add weight to the blade that's sticking up in the air until they, until neither one falls consistently every time. And you should be able to keep that blade at any angle, correct? Exactly. So you're yep. not... If it's balanced, it will, it will sit any angle. Five degrees, 10 degrees, 20, you know, all the way around the, the circle. It's not just going to be 90 degrees or not horizontal or vertical. You're going to want to actually make sure it stays at any angle. It will stop it at. at that, at any position and stay there. Yeah. A heavy blade may not always go to 90 degrees pointing straight down. A heavy blade may sit, say, 45 degrees, yeah. but it will always rotate to that point. Yeah. A properly balanced propeller will stop at any point yeah wherever you It'll stop be an inconsistent it will stay. place where it stops yeah yeah and so like with balancers most of the time you want as little friction as possible um, between the blade and what it's actually balancing on right um, so if you've never balanced a propeller before there's a shaft that goes through the uh, uh, with the, the balancer there's a, a shaft that goes through the, the hub mm -hmm. on the propeller and then most of the ones that I've seen, um, and the only ones I've used, uh, have been uh, magnets. Mm -hmm. So they're magnetized on the end. So there's no actual physical connection holding. Uh, so there's not going to be any kind of uh, uh, resistance. Resistance. Thanks. Mm -hmm. It's gonna that's gonna keep it from spinning. So it's gonna be able to spin very freely. Yeah. Uh, no drag, no friction, anything like right. that. So it's gonna be the best way to actually check. The, the downside to that method unfortunately is there's a limit to Size. how heavy a prop it will actually suspend in midair <laughs> yeah um so you can also like if if when i balance the big one that i got which the big ones come pre-balanced most of the time like your carbon fiber ones and stuff and you don't touch them i mean yeah, that's i all, don't that's I pull all them done. out of the pet well, i don't own i you think do. i own one yeah but um, right when you buy those those are done mm -hmm. um that's one of the reasons they're so expensive you can check them i mean it's probably not a bad idea to check them but i personally wouldn't yeah so spend a lot of time trying to balance them i've checked them especially after they've been drilled mm -hmm. um just to make sure that they were okay after that um but yeah you can still use like i still use that same shaft that goes to the middle and that still works and then i just sat it on top of the balancer and then it it when you're dealing with something that wide, you know, a little bit of friction is not going to hurt nearly as much as on a tiny one. So mm -hmm. I wasn't concerned about that, but that sure. one was balanced perfectly anyway. I didn't have to do anything with right. it. Um, so, yeah, make sure you balance all of your props, though. Yep. And the, the I use the same technique for two-blade or three-blade. Um, heavy prop, or I'm sorry, the heavy blade is going to always drop, and then I'll add weight, uh, and then... Three blade is a little bit different. Sometimes it's hard to to figure out where to add the weight if the same blade is always falling. So I'll I'll determine like if the blade is falling straight down and you've got two other blades, I'll add weight equally to both of those blades. And then if if it's a you know if it's a if the heavy blade doesn't fall straight down but it's pointing maybe at an angle, maybe I'll put more on the uppermost facing blade than the other more weight on the upper face. Basically, it's a balancing act. Um, <laughs> They're more difficult to do. They though. are, but 
it can be done. Yeah, and, I, and it yeah. should be done. It, it, right. I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's hard to make them worse. Like, because, you know, the, the physics is not going to lie. The heavy blade is always going to fall. So if you're adding a little bit weight to the light blade, you're making the, it better instead of worse. So um, that's a good way to look at it. Right. I thought so. That's why I do it that way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, another another tool uh, that's handy is the prop reamer. Uh, I mentioned, you know, you can do the kind of in any order. Usually reaming the hole um, is not going to change the balance much. So usually I balance first and then I ream. It's six one half a dozen the other, I think, on the order. Yeah. Um, but I use a uh, Great Plains, again, uh, prop reamer tool. And I have two of them. I have one for standard and one for metric because uh, for whatever reason, we've not adopted the uh, metric standard. So there is some <laughs> SAE stuff out there, even on engines that aren't manufactured here. Like Which some is of the, weird. Some of the stuff coming yeah. from you know China and other overseas still has SAE. I, I can't figure it out either, but... It's out there. Uh, so a prop reamer is another handy tool to have. And why um, would you use a prop reamer over like a drill bit? So a drill bit is not designed to ream. Okay, a drill bit is designed to drill. It has, it's the flutes are designed to, to cut and, you know, be very aggressive. And if you go taking a drill bit into a hole, there's a good chance it's going to grab, it's going to, you know, uh, dig twist. into the, yeah, it's going to try to twist the thing out of, and there's a good chance you're going to drill the hole off center. And that's, bad. A reamer, on the other hand, is di designed to fit in the hole almost like a a pilot. If you're familiar with a manual transmission, the pilot shaft, you know, goes into the pilot bearing in the back of the crankshaft and gets everything in perfect alignment. I love how you use something that is very antiquated to describe something that uh, is not. Well, A anyway. manual transmission. Well, that, that's true. There's, I guess, not as many of those out there as it used to be. <laughs> but at any rate, a, a prop reamer is designed such that it will center itself in the hole so that you ream your hole centered. Yeah. So you're not going to get your hole off center. And to be honest, I use a drill press. Um, so my prop reamer has a little handle on it that's removable, and that leaves you with a nice uh, shaft that you can chuck into the drill. You use a drill press with your prop reamer? I absolutely do. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's actually a great idea because yeah. I hate sitting there it's by pain, hand right? and twisting and it I'm a quarter always, turn at a time. Yeah, and I'm always really super concerned, especially on some of these more expensive, like, you know, wood, the big wooden props or even a carbon fiber, that I'm going to ream the hole off, you know, at an angle. Oh, even, really? Even though it's, you know, it would be really hard to do. <laughs> well, but, I wasn't concerned about it before, but I guess I am now. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and chuck my reamer in my drill press and run it at a low RPM and actually use that to, uh, and I'll I'll hold the prop by hand. I don't clamp it or anything because I don't want to damage the prop. Well, you want it to be able to move a little bit if it needs to. Yeah, yeah, because you know the the spindle on my drill press isn't perfectly true. It may you know wobble Maybe a, a little bit, half degree. And off. I'm okay with letting it you know do its wobble a little bit on the flat on the table. But as long as it's flat, I know I'm not going to be reaming my hole at an angle. That's so, a, yeah, I've never thought so about it. So I use a drill press, but you that. can you can do it you can certainly do it by hand uh if you, you know, if you if you're cautious. I will not do it by hand anymore. <laughs> I mean that no, that's that's great. I um, I don't know why that one blows my mind so much right now, but that's yeah. a great but idea. But I mean most most prop reamers have a have a T handle, handle yeah. and usually they're removable. I always thought they were removable for that reason so you could chuck them in a, in I didn't, a drill press. I don't think I've ever had one come off on me so I never even thought about removing them. Oh. And if they're not, you can just sand the little flat spot off to make it removable. That's so. true. 
Uh, huh. But yeah, that's how I how I room, and that's and those are the those are the things you should probably do to a prop. You know, rough. You know, smooth out the edges, um, take away the sharp edges, and balance them and ream them. And then and use then them. Bolt them onto your airplane. Um, I'm sorry, bolt them onto your power unit. Well, it's still on the airplane, but that's okay. That's true. Um, so, speaking of bolting them onto your power unit, if that's the word you want to use. Um, well, I'm trying to accommodate them all. Nitro, gas, and electric. Those are all power units. Okay. When combined, they're all... when combined with your propeller, they're like a power Tec- system. Technically, they're all like motors or engines. You could say that too. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about how we connect it to the motor engine whatever you want to call it okay there's a few a few different ways that they connect to your to your motor um so if you have a big airplane Mm -hmm. you're going to have to drill it out for the mounting bolts that go on the front of the motor yeah because usually the prop is not simply held on by a washer and nut not when you get to bigger ones bigger ones correct Uh, so you have to buy a jig. Unfortunately, it's another tool for each engine, really, that you have. Um, yeah. I don't know how, like, I don't think all 50 cc's are the same, are they? I don't think so. However, I have one uh, jig at home that I have used for every 50 cc engine I've had to drill a prop for, so... Which has been several, so hopefully, that's okay. Hopefully, you know, maybe they're maybe they're standardized. I don't know that, but um, if in doubt, buy the jig from the manufacturer of the engine. Yeah. For instance, if you're drilling a, a prop for a DLE, buy your jig from DLE. So what, uh, like, how many bolts are on the 50cc? Do you remember? Uh, so on my DA, I believe it has four. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my the big one's six on mine. Six, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that tells you where to actually drill yep. in order to get the the bolts to to line up with the backplate on that motor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a handy dandy, and you can use it to drill your spinner backplate as well. Yeah, that um, but way it's a handy dandy tool. It's got a pilot on it, a shouldered pilot that fits in the center of the prop hole, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, sort of keys in there, and then it. Yeah, yeah, you just basically run a drill bit down through those holes. I would also recommend doing that in a drill press. Yeah, definitely to keep it straight on yep. that one. Yep. Um, but yeah, that lets you know where to drill them, and that's very important because you want everything to line up just right mm-hmm. uh, so that you don't have any vibrations induced into your engine or into your propeller right. because of that. Yep. Um, so like I said, some of those could be four bolts, some could be six bolts, yep. and that's how they're connected to the front. Yep. When we go smaller... Now, I, I do want to say I've, I've seen some guys try to use, so <clears throat> let's let's take your, your big guy over here with six bolts. It's got a, you know, it's got the washer on the front with six holes in it that the bolts go through, and then they go through the prop, and then they go through the, you know, the back the, plate, the back plate, and then they thread into the prop uh, thrust uh, drive washer, excuse me. Don't use the washer on the front with the holes in it as your jig. Buy a, buy a proper jig. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the reason you don't want to do that is you could be off by a sixteenth of an inch or more or more. Well, even at even at something that small that you don't realize you're off, that's really going to mess with the balance and yeah. throw off the whole system on the airplane. Right. And it's not worth. I mean, the jigs are not expensive. No. Comparatively. No. Um, it's not to buying worth a new prop because you drilled it incorrectly. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's not worth taking that <laughs> chance right. uh, to save a few bucks on a, on a jig when you have to go out and buy a new propeller for 
like I said, I think the one for my big one was $189. So you don't want to spend that more than once. Yeah, I think the drill jig is about 20 bucks, probably. Right. A lot cheaper. Yeah. So so moving down in size, let's let's go to something a little bit smaller. How do you connect most of uh, like your nitro engines or even your 50cc? Those are the same you said, right? Uh, the four bolts that go on front. Mm-hmm. So if you go down a couple steps, how okay. are those held on? So on on uh, on my nit- my larger nitro two strokes, um, it's basically just a big washer and a big nut that threads onto the just a single one that holds on the, the crankshaft. Yep. Uh, there used to be, you know, back in the day, I think Super Tiger on some of their bigger uh, bigger two strokes, I think they may have had uh, either bolts or you know what they I think they actually had uh, pins. Yeah, that you would uh, then drill and they kind of engage the backside of the prop. But uh, yeah, on, on most of my nitros, on my two-stroke nitros anyway, it's just a big thrust washer and nut. Uh, and I torque that bad boy down. I'm sure there's probably a torque specification. And if you're into that sort of thing, you can certainly look it up by manufacturer. Um, but I just hoss it down. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, you know. Make it tight. Yeah. Um, on my four-strokes, uh, most of maybe even all of my four strokes uh, come supplied with actually two nuts. Um, a double it, nut? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big nut that goes up against the thrust washer usually. And then a tapered jam nut that gets uh, threaded on top or into, I should say, uh, the big base nut. So, and that locks um, it in. And it's sort of, yeah, locks because four strokes have a nasty habit of sometimes chucking a propeller by trying to fire backwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that is, uh, that are the manufacturer's attempts to keep the propellers on the front of the engine where they belong. And that's where you want to keep them. That's so, where they go. If it works, that's a great thing. Yeah. So, that's how, that's how I, how I bolt them up to all my, all my nitros. Yeah. Smaller electric ones, uh, as we're kind of moving down in size. Um, some of them will actually have just a single set screw that kind of holds the collet on mm, um, okay. to the to the shaft, like an adapter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think you like those. I'm I, not a big fan of those. I definitely don't like those either. There's there's just too much that can go wrong uh, if that set screw comes out a little bit, and it's it's not going to hold on very well. Um, so they also have the the collet style that as you as you tighten it, it pulls it tighter on the shaft. The collet actually tightens up on the shaft as you as you tighten the nut on the front. Kind of like the fingers on a drill chuck. Yeah, sort of. there you go. Kind of, yeah, in, well, kind of in reverse, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's a, a good way to think of it. Not exactly, but close enough right, for what we're right. talking about. It's something that compresses fingers against the shaft to hold it in place. Yeah, and then that locks on really well. Yes, it does. Um, you're not pulling that off. No. There's, I mean, there's, there's no way if you have that tightened the way you're supposed to have it that you're going to have that coming off. Um, so that's how most smaller type electric ones work. Um, bigger electric motors actually will have a, uh, uh, a piece on the front that bolts onto them. And then it works the same way like your small nitro ones. You yeah. have just the shaft and then you tighten the nut on the end of it. Yeah, it has a drive washer and then your, yeah, your propeller goes over the shaft and then a, a, a thrust washer and a nut. Yep. yep. So same setup as a, as a nitro. Um, if you're going a lot smaller... For like some of the foamy, uh, smaller engine or smaller electric motor ones, um, especially ones without landing gear, uh, they'll have what's called a prop saver that you can get for them. And that's a shaft that goes over the, or a, a, a collet that goes over the motor shaft with two set screws that come out on each side. And then your propeller goes 
on that, and then there's a little O-ring that that goes from one screw to another over your propeller, and then that holds the propeller on. Kind of sketchy. But yeah, um, <laughs> I wouldn't fly anything big with it. Yeah, uh, but it does great for the smaller planes that with like no I said, landing gear. No landing gear. Yeah. So when you hit the ground, you might hit it at ninety degree. You know, like your propeller is ninety degrees to mm-hmm. uh, the horizon, right? And therefore, your propeller will come off before you break the propeller. So, I don't have any with those right now. I had one airplane like that before, but it really wasn't anything that. I was interested in. Yeah. If so. you fly airplanes that have those, uh, check those O-rings frequently uh, because they're rubber. Yeah. Uh, when rubber is exposed to the atmosphere, it deteriorates over time and then they lose their elasticity and you don't want a propeller coming off at your face. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, but like I said, mostly those are slow flies. So yeah. it's not anything that's going to be big propellers spinning fast or anything like right. that. So they're just small foamies. Yep. Um, that you put those on. So not a lot to worry about because, I mean, really, you're not going to be pulling a lot of weight with them anyway because, you know, they're O-rings. They're slow flyers. And you're not going to have a lot of pressure behind it without breaking them off. And not a lot of RPM either usually. Usually low RPM stuff. Oh, and I forgot one other thing I wanted to bring up. Do you mind if I take this one? No. Okay. So when you're you're putting a propeller on the front of a nitro engine or a gas engine too, you want to get it to where that compression stroke... The beginning part of that, the compression strokes, when you're starting to feel the the compression start, when it starts to get tight, is at about 2 o'clock. Right. Um, uh, So when the propeller blade is at about 2 o'clock, that way your hand kind of gets out of the way as you flip it by hand. Exactly. um, And and you're going in a nice, even arc. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. With electric motors, it doesn't matter at all because, you know, (laughs) they're a little bit better than nitro and you don't have to worry at all about where the propeller is on them. Do you have anything else you want to say? So there you go. That's our... Oh, well, did you want to talk about uh, your biggest and smallest? Do you want to outdo me and... and no, I don't I don't need to outdo you on that. <laughs> so go. between the two of us, Ron has both the smallest and the <laughs> largest propellers of, of between the two of us. It's not a game. It's okay. What's your smallest? You one-upped me and one-downed me. <laughs> that was not on purpose, by the way. So my, okay. the smallest propeller in my fleet, if you will, is a, uh, I have a five by four in inches uh, that's on an electric pusher. That's my smallest. I just barely beat you then um, because the one I have, I think, is on that uh, mini vapor. And I think that's 125 millimeters, which is just Math. under five inches. Oh, that's pretty small. Yeah. So yes, I I, I won downed you just yeah. a little bit, but not and, by much. And then you several upped me. With, How big's your biggest? Your like, big, I don't know yeah. what your. Uh, my biggest is the the one that's on my uh, the the newest acquisition is, which is a twenty three ten. Really? I, yeah. I that thought carb- it would have been bigger than that. That carbon fiber one is a twenty three ten. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty small. <laughs> What's your what, all right? It's, so what's no, your biggest one? My biggest. It's a thirty-three. Oh goodness! It's gracious. a thirty-three ten Meslick. That is German. a large propeller. Beautiful. It's I wonder awful. if it's made in the <laughs> ring. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. 
So yeah, so Tom's making fun of me because I was talking about the Nürburgring a while ago, and the for some Nuremberg reason, I kept saying Nuremberg-ring, uh, <laughs> talking about the racetrack, and he would not correct me. He just because kept it was making funny. fun of me. It and was, he, but you kept telling me, no, you're saying that no, right. You're That's saying fine. Right. Well, of course, I want to pro prolong the joke so I can keep <laughs> laughing at you. But I want to know if I'm sound like a fool. Uh, Nuremberg ring. Okay. What I was going to say, though, is the the one for the yak. Uh, it's carbon fiber, and really, they're beautiful. Beautiful Big. propeller. Yeah. It's, it's a work of art. Yeah. I mean, For that airplane, it's a great fit. Yeah. It looks the part. It's actually a little bit over diameter for a DA-170. Um, you're, you're supposed to run 32s is the biggest that they mm. say on that. Mm. But due to the whole, you know, one inch, one inch thing, uh, it went up a size just because of how huge the cowl is on that. Oh, yeah. It does have a very large cowl. So you needed to be able to get air movement uh, around the airplane, not just hitting the front of it. So that's mm-hmm. why we went up a little bit bigger on it. Makes sense to me. But, yeah. Wow. <sighs> Propellers. Propellers. Can you believe it? We're done. I, I Yeah. Um, hopefully our listeners, you, you guys uh, found that interesting, enlightening, informative, and hopefully you will be able to make better <laughs> selections with your propellers after listening to this episode. Yeah. Is anybody st- still here? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you guys have questions, uh, as always hit us up on, on the, uh, <laughs> on the email <laughs> on the, you can also text us at the uh, 818-351-9846 number. Or call and leave a voicemail. Maybe if we uh, if we can work it in to actually play your voice on the show, uh, I think that'd be really cool. If you yeah, have a question, yep. uh, we'll have you ask your question in your voice on our show. I think that'd be neat. Or if um, you want, you can also sign up on the forums and ask it over there. Right. Forums.rcplanelab.com. And I promise I will attempt to get on the forums very soon. It's so difficult, isn't it? Well, the problem is... I mean, it's well, you have to type like, what, 12, 13 letters into a web search here's bar? Here's the thing. As, as, uh, as I've mentioned before, where I work, you know, we have uh, a lot of uh, restrictions on our computer use. Yeah. So by the time I get home, and that's what I do. I work on the computer... All day. Pretty much all day. And then you come home and by ride the a time, bike. By the time I get home, I, the last thing I want to do is sit in front of a computer. Or a but it's, it's or whatever. cool stuff, though. I agree. I don't disagree it's at RC all. RC airplane stuff. Um, but I promise, in the near future, I will participate in the forums. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only promise I can make because, uh, like, I haven't even been on you know my you know the other forums in a while. I just haven't had time. Yeah. It, it happens. It's okay. I understand. But you, the forums, hopefully, uh, you you guys will find them useful, uh, and we'll put some stuff on there so we can see what you guys are up to. There you go. Do you have anything else you want to say, or can we put this to bed? I think we can put this to bed. Uh, I will apologize in advance if uh, if we've put anyone to sleep. You can maybe wake <laughs> up now and uh, resume your normal activities. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, I am Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818 351 9846. 
please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.